We're so glad that you're with us here at Calvary. And uh, we're beginning a brand new series today. It's one of the reasons why we did this song. We're beginning a brand new series today called Body Parts. Okay, now before you get all grossed out, okay, we're not talking about that kind of thing. We're specifically talking about the body of Christ. Scripture gives us a picture or an analogy of the church being the body of Christ. So as most of you know, we don't believe here at our church that the church is a building. This building is a place where we meet together for corporate worship and fellowship and encouragement and that kind of thing. But, but the presence of the Lord doesn't necessarily dwell in these four walls. It's here because we're here. Okay, back in the Old Testament, you'd have to go to a temple or a tabernacle to be in church or to be in the presence of the Lord. But when Jesus died on the cross, he made a way for us to enter the very presence of God. So now we are the temple. We are the tabernacle and the presence of God lives within us. So the church isn't a building. The church isn't necessarily a group of Christians. I mean, you can have a group of Christians that aren't necessarily working together. The church is the body of Christ. People who come together with Jesus in the center, all working together in one purpose, all organized to do his work here on earth. And to fulfill our purpose, we each have to participate. We each have to function together as a body. A living organism requires all parts to work together. Think about a physical body. A living, functioning, healthy body requires that, that thousands, probably millions of parts, all functioning together, not separately, together, because we are all interconnected. We're not just a pile of parts. We each play a part. And so Paul wrote to the church in Ephesians. You can turn in your Bibles to Ephesians 4. We're going to be in 1 Corinthians as well. Um, in fact, we recently read this in our soap. Ephesians 4, Paul writing to the church there, verse 15, he says, Instead, we speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ. And then he describes Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. So what Paul is saying here is that you and I and, and everybody that follows Jesus, we are part of the body of Christ. And just like our physical bodies have many parts, so does the body of Christ. Beginning with Jesus, by the way. Jesus is the head. Now, I'm not very studied on the human body. I, don't even, I think I passed biology, but I don't remember much about it. But, but I'm pretty sure that a headless body isn't going to work very well. And so it's very important that you and I recognize the head of the body of Christ is Jesus Christ. If you're taking notes today, that's our first point. Jesus is the head. Are you with me today? Somebody say, Jesus is the head. Okay, you're with me. Thank you. Write that down. Jesus is the head. Everything comes into submission to what the head directs us to do. In the body of Christ, that means Jesus is the source. The body cannot exist without the head. The body of Christ does not exist, does not operate appropriately without Jesus. So if someone were to ask us today, hey, 
who does your church belong to? Class, what would the answer be? Jesus, yeah. In a way, it's your church, it's my church, but at the end of the day, it's his church. That's why as pastors, Kelly and I, and all of our team for that matter, we want to lead this church under his authority, under his headship. He's the great shepherd, we're just the under-shepherds. Jesus told one of his followers, Peter, upon this rock, we just sang about it, I, Jesus, I will build my church. Not your church, Peter. I'm going to build my church, but I'm going to do it through you. But I'm going to build my church. Not you, not me, not good music, not some fancy lights, not slick programs. All of that stuff is okay and and well and good, but it's meaningless unless Jesus is the head. That's why... At this church, Jesus is the center of it all. I'm not the center. You're not the center. Jesus is at the center of all. Why? Because he's the one who saves. He's the one who delivers. He's the one who heals. He's the one who sets free. He's the one who makes a way where there seems to be no way. He's the one who makes crooked paths straight. He is the way, the truth, the life. There is no other name by which we are saved but, what's his name? Jesus. Jesus is the head of his church. So to be a Christian, we have to be under the headship, under the lordship of Jesus. A person is not a Christian because they were born to Christian parents. Some of you know that firsthand. You didn't grow up in a Christian home. A Christian is not a Christian because uh, they lived in a Christian town or went to a Christian school or lived in a Christian nation. In fact, you're not even a Christian if you go to a Christian church, necessarily. (laughs) If I go into a garage, I don't become a car. (laughs) Right? I I don't become a chicken sandwich when I go to Chick-fil-A. Right? We become a Christian by following Jesus, by submitting to his authority, his leader, his lordship, his leadership in our lives. Jesus is not an add-on. He's not an addendum. He's not a supplement. He's not an accessory. He is it. He is the head. It is all about Jesus. Now, the physical body, when we try to operate without a head, it's not going to work right. It's the same with our spiritual body. If Jesus isn't the head, the body of Christ isn't going to work correctly. In fact, churches who seem to have problems and dysfunction and disunity, it's mainly because they're not keeping Jesus at the center of it all. They're letting man get in the way or some, their agenda or their opinions or whatever it might be instead of putting Jesus at the head. A healthy church... A vibrant church, a healthy spiritual body is one where Jesus Christ is at the center of it all. Paul goes on to say in the next verse, he, talking about Jesus, makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Are you getting the picture here? So so the the head is is Jesus. So so secondly, we are the body. 
We are the body parts, thus the name for the series, Body Parts. The head, Jesus, makes the rest of the body parts fit together and work together in unity as one body, growing healthy and full of love. That means when people observe the body of Christ, they shouldn't see us off by ourselves. They shouldn't see this person hanging out over here, disconnected from the rest of the church, nor should they, they find us bickering and fighting and arguing and not being able to get along with one another. I mean, imagine a physical body who has all these independent parts doing what they want to do. It's not going to function right. You're going to see all kinds of body parts flailing and acting erratic and crazy. It would be obvious that something wasn't right. Well, when people see the church, they should witness the body of Christ working together as one unit together. You do your part. You do your part. You do your part. I do my part with Jesus as the head. And I believe that as the body of Christ, we should probably be doing the same things that Jesus was doing when he was here on the earth. Jesus lived his life, not in seclusion, but out with the people. He served the people. He loved the people. He healed the people. He had compassion for people. He comforted the afflicted. He loved people no matter their past, no matter their baggage, no matter their background. He loved everybody. Jesus also prayed for people. He prayed that that they would have a, a sincere connection with the Heavenly Father. Jesus also, when he was on the earth, he taught people. He was teaching people who had been believing lies for centuries. Now, sometimes they would hear the truth and they would receive the truth. And other times they tried to kill him for it. But Jesus, he never compromised the truth to win friends and influence people. Now, if those were the kinds of activities, speaking the truth, praying for people, loving people, bringing healing to people, if those were the things that Jesus did while he was here on the earth, don't you think that's the kind of things that he wants his body to do while we're here on the earth? If his people would be unified in being like Jesus, just think how much more effective we as the body of Christ would be. Now, Paul also wrote to the Corinthians about this topic. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, beginning with verse 14, he writes this. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, well, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body. That would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body. That would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again can the head to the feet, I have no need of you. So what is Paul getting at here? There is individuality but not independence. 
Okay, so there's individuality within the body of Christ, but we are not meant to use that individuality independent from one another. See, God has made us each different, unique. You have your gifts, I have mine. But he didn't create us so we can be independent for one another, but so that we could work together. And, I, and you don't elevate your gift above mine. I don't elevate my body part above your body part. In fact, God designed it not that way. He, he designed it in a way that we all use our gifts and our body parts to come together, to fit together, to encourage one another and complement one another so that we can minister to one another through the gifts that he gives us. So the body only works as each member does its God-given function. It's God-given role. You can't throw a bunch of body parts on a pile and it function correctly. Just like you can't, you can't throw together a bunch of gears and components and nuts and bolts and gizmos and whatchamacallits and doohickeys and, and out come a, a functioning piece of machinery. That's not how it works. It does take all of those individual parts. We all are unique and special, but, but we have to be fit together and each one function correctly in its right position. He designed it best when we operate connected to one another, not disjointed, not separate, not independent. So imagine, if you will, a single body part detached from the body. He talked about the eyes and the ears and the foot and the hand, right? Uh, so imagine an eyeball detached from the body just floating out here in space. Kind of creepy for one. It's like Lord of the Rings, right? But we're not talking that kind of eye. But, but a, an eye detached from the face, a detached from the body cannot see. It does not operate correctly. It has to be attached to the body. I mean, pick any body part. A toe, a knee, a liver, a heart. I mean, a heart detached from the chest isn't going to be able to pump blood through the body. It only operates when we are connected to the body. Are you following me? You're getting this picture? Likewise, Christians function best when connected to the body of Christ. It's why it's good that you are here in church. You are here, actual, living, physical people here in this church. Okay, we're so, I'm so glad that you're here with us. You did good. Now, I heard, uh, heard this story when studying about a freelance missionary who approached a pastor about, hey, I want you to, to support my, uh, my ministry here. And so the pastor asked, well, what group are you associated with? The man replied, well, uh, I belong to the Invisible Church. Uh, the pastor was a little bewildered, so then he kind of asked it a little bit different way. Well, then, what church are you a member of? He got the same answer. I am a part of the invisible church. Okay, so now the pastor's getting a little suspicious and said, well, when does this invisible church meet? And who is the pastor of this invisible church? And the freelance missionary kind of became mad and said, well, your church isn't the true church. I belong to the invisible church. Well, so the pastor just replied, said, well, here's some invisible money to minister to your invisible church. <laughs> Western culture has put an emphasis on personal autonomy. Understandably so, I might add. 
Uh, God created us not to be in bondage, but to have freedom. But that mentality can be twisted as people integrate personal autonomy within the church, within the body of Christ. They insist on doing it their way, independent from the rest of the body. Hey, I've got this. Me and Jesus have got this figured out. I don't need you. I'm one with the Lord. That's, that's all I need. Well, Scripture and Christianity never teaches that faith is only about me and Jesus. We are one part of the body of Christ. A body is not just a hand and a head or a toe and a head. It takes all of us, all of us collectively, we are the body. And then thirdly, every part plays a part. Jesus is the head, we are the body, and every part of the body plays a part within the body. Did you know that there are over 60,000 miles of veins, arteries, and capillaries in your body? 60,000 miles. Just in you alone. That, that's long enough to go around the world over seven times. That's a lot. Every day, the pump, the heart pumps more than five or 6,000 pints of blood. There are more than 600 muscles in a person's body. Mine is a little bit more difficult to find. I understand that, but... The average adult has 206 bones in their body. And within many of those bones, there is an amazing blood-making factory. So there's, there, there's cells within cells. Blood cells are made inside the bones. It's, it's crazy. Just one of the systems. You know, we have 12 systems. The nervous system is a highly organized delivery system or telephone system, if you will, carrying messages to and from the brain. Nerve uh, impulses can move at a speed of nearly 350 feet per second. They can zip up and down from a person's uh, feet back to the brain again more than 30 times in a second. The world's most complex computer is the human brain. There's no man-made computer that even comes close to our human brain. The human body is the most incredible piece of machinery. Man has invented robots and, and kind of clever robots, smart robots, but there's not a single robot that can do what the human body can do. I mentioned the nervous system. There are actually 12 systems in your body that helps it operate. They, they work together and everything is done within those systems. Uh, the cardiovascular system, the digestive system, the endocrine system, the immune system, the integumentary system, the urinary system, lymphatic, muscular, nervous, reproductive system, respiratory system, and the skeletal system. That's a lot of systems. Without just one of those systems, the body would either completely cease to function or at minimum be severely crippled. It takes all of those systems within the body parts to work correctly. That's how important each little part of your body is. And that's just how important you are to the body of Christ. That's why God likens his church to the body. 
Now, a lot of you know that I like baseball. It's, uh, that's probably my favorite sport. But uh, when I think about baseball, think about an outfielder running to catch a fly ball in the outfield. Okay, it takes a lot for that to happen. First, the ear hears the crack of the bat. Okay, then, then the eye has to pick up where the ear left off and try to track down where that ball is going. Then at some point, the brain has to kick in and tell the legs, okay, legs, you gotta keep moving in that direction over there. And then the arms get involved and work with the legs as they're trying to track down that ball. And then uh, finally, when, when the catcher gets close, the outfielder gets close, he lifts up his hands, lifts up his arms, and, and catches the ball. It took the entire body working together for that baseball player to catch the ball. If the eye refused to see the ball, if just one of the legs refused to run, if the arm refused to lift up and catch the ball, the ball wouldn't have been caught. That's why unity within the body is so very important. A disunified body does not operate correctly. Unity was a high priority for Jesus. Did you know that? In fact, it was such a high priority that at the Last Supper, some of his parting words with his disciples was a prayer for unity. And that prayer didn't just stop with his disciples. He was praying for all of us that would come to know him as well. This is what he said in John chapter 17, beginning with verse 20. Jesus said, my prayer is not for them alone, so not for just the disciples. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message that all of them may be one. Father, just as you and I are one. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me that they may be one as we are one. He's really going at this unity thing here. I in them and you in me so that they may be brought to complete unity. Complete unity. Unity was a high priority for Jesus. But for unity to happen within the body of Christ, it will be because we all realize the body of Christ is more than just me and Christ. It's all of us and Christ. When there's unity, powerful things take place. Exponential strength and growth and effectiveness takes place. There's an amazing synergy that happens when each part finds their part and they start rowing in the boat in the same direction. Instead of working against one another, we work with one another. I read about a father who asked his young son to, to break this big bundle of sticks. Hey, son, go out in the back and make sure you break that big bundle of sticks that I've tied together for you. Well, after a few minutes, the boy was frustrated, and so the father came out and said, hey, what's going on, son? Well, I, I got this big bundle of sticks, and I tried to break it over my leg, but now my leg hurts. It's bruised and hurting. And then I, I tried to, to put that pile of sticks against the house and I just started kind of kicking at it and jumping on it and dad that pile of sticks that bundle of sticks would not break so the father just untied that bundle and took one stick out 
broke it right away. See, when the sticks were all together in one unit, you couldn't break it. There was incredible strength as the sticks stayed together. They could not be broken. That's the picture of a unified church. United, we are strong, and the enemy can't break us. That's why the enemy thrives on isolation. He wants to untie you from the bundle of sticks. He wants to get you away from the group, and he wants to tempt you and tell you that you're no good, that who are you to think that you can be in that bundle? You're not worthy enough. And he'll tempt you, and then he'll break you if you're not careful. That's why you and I need to function together. We need each other. I need you. You need me. You, you need one another. We can't operate correctly unless everyone is working together. That means when one part of the body is missing, we all feel it because something's not right. We're just not operating correctly. I think there's a body part missing. Unless it's the tonsils, by the way. I hope you're not the tonsils. Apparently, the body doesn't need tonsils. When, when one part is missing, we all feel it because the body doesn't operate correctly. When one part is hurting, we all feel it. We all hurt with that one part who is hurting. If one of the body parts stumbles, the rest of the body is there to, to dust that person off and, and reinstate them, to pick them up right back into the body. Paul went on to say in verse 26, if one member suffers, all suffer together. You don't have to suffer alone. You don't have to suffer in isolation. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. We do this together. We share one another's burdens to help lighten the load for each other. Hey, you're my brother. You're my sister. If one part is honored, we all celebrate with you. If you get that promotion, I'm not jealous of you. If you get that pay raise, I'm not envious of you. If you get that really nice house, I'm going to celebrate with you. That's what the body of Christ is all about. We're not in strife or competition. We're not jealous of one another. We are all together, everybody on the same team. Then to put it, uh, kind of put a bow on it, Paul says this in verse 27. All of you together, all of you are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. You're a part of Christ's body, and you, and you, and you, and you, and you. We are all part of Christ's body. All the believers at Calvary, all the believers in Frederick, in Maryland, in the U.S., all the believers around the world are Christ's body. And then, as new believers come to salvation, they too join in the body. Hey, we, we're going to find a part for you. We're going to make room for this new part of the body. The Holy Spirit has empowered this new believer with special gifts and personalities and strengths. So come in. There's room for you. And together, we're going to function as we advance the kingdom of God. You're just as important as I am. I'm just as an important part of the body of Christ as you are. I tell you what, I love the church. 
Do you love the church? Well, you're here. I hope you do. I love the body of Christ. I can't imagine doing life outside of the body of Christ. I can't imagine doing life outside of the church and God's people. Like you, Kelly and I have been through our share of ups and downs, of mountaintops and valley lows. And when I think of those hard times, I can't imagine doing it without the church. Jason, you just sang about God's faithfulness. One of the ways he showed faithfulness in his life was through the body of Christ. If you don't know Jason, he lost his wife back in the summer. He never turned his back on God. God used the church to come around him to bring healing. I can't imagine doing life without the church. I I love the church. And guess what? There is room for you. When you're in the body of Christ, you're never alone. Hey, if you love the church, can you say amen? Amen. 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 I'm just going to ask you to bow your heads, close your eyes, give you a chance to respond. Maybe you haven't yet accepted Jesus to be the Lord of your life. Maybe you've never even heard of the, of the church or the body of Christ or this analogy until you came into this place today. If you would like to make Jesus the Lord of your life, making the center of your life. You can do that right now. If that's you, just say a simple prayer in your heart like this. Say, dear Jesus, I recognize I'm a sinner. I've messed up. I've done life on my own, and I'm sorry. I repent of my sin, and I thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for my sin and rising again. And I receive you into my life right now. Jesus, be the center of my world, be the center of my life. From this day forward, I will live for you. And for the rest of us, just want to give you a moment to respond as well. Have you found your part in the body of Christ? Maybe you viewed yourself as an unessential part of the body of Christ, and ah, they, they won't miss me. Listen, we need you. The church needs you. The body of Christ needs all of us working together, functioning together. If you've yet to find your place in the body of Christ, we want to help you. You can come to some of our meetups, get involved in a life group, get on a dream team. We want to help you find your part in the body of Christ. So Lord, right now we come to you as your church, as your body. First of all, we just want to give you thanks for dying on the cross for our sins, for making a way for us to be a part of your church. You didn't leave us alone. You didn't leave us in our sin. You came and you brought salvation, and we thank you so much for that. Thank you that you've invited us to be part of your body. And Lord, right now, we acknowledge you as the head of your church. Lord, I pray that you would forgive us, forgive me if I've let my ideas try to operate the body. (laughs) Forgive me if I've let my agenda, 
my opinions or I try to point to this person or get rid of that person. Lord, Lord, it takes all of us working together. Lord, you're the head of this church. We submit to your authority. We submit to your leadership, to your headship. And Lord, I pray that each of us would find our part in the body of Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, can we stand together? In just a few minutes, we're going to baptize people. If you want to be baptized, it's not too late. You can go over here, see Miss Nancy. We'd love to help you get involved. But listen, we need to all find our part and do our part so we can be a part of the body of Christ. Amen, everybody? So we can advance the kingdom of God. Come on, let's respond by singing that song again. Build your church. Come on, let's sing this out now. Yeah, build, build your church. Build your church, build from the ground up, it's your church.